Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast. My name is Dan O'Rourke and I'm excited to be back in studio after a hiatus with two of my favorite guys in the world. Ron Huntley, Director of Coaching and All Things Awesome. How you doing, buddy? Fun to be back. It's so good to see you. And I, I was shocked today, Rob, to learn that <laughs> you have not actually been on one of our podcasts before. So Rob McDowell, one of the Divine Renovation coaches, uh, you've been coaching for ages. You've been on our team for ages. And for somehow, we, we just never brought I you on the podcast. I didn't know that. <laughs> Wow, uh, yeah, cool. for, for those who are, who are, who are listening or, or, or watching, I mean, you've been on so many of the things we've produced, uh, videos for our association, uh, webinars, leadership sessions. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed that we've never brought you on set for, for a podcast. Well, it was a hidden hurt that I've managed, <laughs> that I've managed under the surface, uh, I must say, so... Uh, it is good to now say that I've uh, been on the podcast. Well, to make up for, for all your absences and our, and our failure to invite, what we'll, we'll do is Rob, Ron and I will just stay quiet and you can carry the next, <laughs> the next hour by yourself. <laughs> there are a few things that I could say, probably sarcastic, but I won't respond to that. Uh, just in the interest of uh, maintaining a, a spirit of uh, unity and friendliness. Well, so, so for, for people who are, who are joining us today, Ron, one of the crazy things is we are in a new space. Mm. And this, so we, we've been, uh, the, the, the dark trade secret of divine renovation ministry <laughs> is well, we had our office at St. Benedict parish, uh, for, for a long time. We actually had our studio, uh, in your basement <laughs> <laughs> and we're no longer in your basement. You must be so thrilled to see that we found somewhere new to be. Well, I'll tell you, Steve Jobs started in a garage and so I'm really hopeful for our future. Uh, <laughs> I think all great things have a humble beginning. And so it really is great to be in this space. Uh, it's a wonderful space. It's a dedicated space. I think it's going to add to our capacity to collaborate in the studio, but also too, all of our staff are in one place. And it's so cool for me to be with these people all the time. Rob just came on board at Divine Renovation Ministry full-time, still on the senior leadership team at St. Benedict. Rob and I have worked together for years uh, on the senior leadership team around Father James. He's stayed on with Father Simon and full-time here. So we're collaborating. It's just, I'm so excited. Mm. And one of the things, I, uh, one of the, the running jokes uh, on our old studio we on was your, your house, which, and I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be too facetious because I think it was whole, it was great that yes. we were able to be there for a year. Uh, and it made a big difference. I mean, that's how we produced, I don't know how many things we produced in, in that studio that was your basement. Uh, but in addition to producing things uh, in that studio in your basement, we had this, this funny problem that never, that reared its head constantly, drove our production team nuts because you live down the street from a national radio broadcast tower. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guys would get like, you know, talk radio and, and stuff would come in through the lines. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad to leave that problem behind. I'm a little sad that we won't have, uh, have that, that color commentary occasionally swing in when we were doing a recording or a broadcast. <laughs> I'm sure Paul's really excited about this because it's a new start. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One less problem he needs to manage. Just different problems. Now, One I less problem, yeah. and and I know uh, the the team's still putting our, our various set elements together, and so it, it's great that they were. I know they worked hard last week to try and get uh, us ready for this first podcast in the studio. So uh, a shout out to the amazing production team who we uh, who work hard and behind the scenes to in order to make these things happen. Um, I think Ron talked about your big transition. I don't know if it's fair to call it a big transition because you've been part of both teams for a long time. St. Benedict Parish, Divine Renovation Ministry, they're, they're separate uh, corporations, organizations, um, but you've, you've, you've straddled the lines for a while. Rob, why in the world would you be so crazy as to spend even more time with, with us Divine Renovation uh, people? What, what, what drove you there? Why don't you let me think about that for a while? And then, <laughs> no. Uh, 
No, it's uh, 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 just as the possibility of coaching and kind of getting over here. I've kind of always been in the the space of, you know, mm. kind of resource development and mm. uh, leadership development and things like that. And I mean, it was it was kind of the uh, not so secret secret that, quite frankly, what my job title was, was not anything that I was really that good at. Uh, <laughs> At St. Benedict anyways, uh, you know, so, so now that I'm just, you know, only part-time over there, they're actually paying me for the value that I bring to the organization. <laughs> and, uh, so, so now the whole idea of like, uh, just, yeah, resourcing leaders and things like that is just something I've always been uh, passionate about and how can you equip leaders and, and even something that I went back to some things that I worked on like over a decade ago and just really feel mm-hmm. that I'm kind of stepping into who God created me to be more so mm-hmm. in this current role, you know? And uh, so I'm excited about what that looks like. And uh, I tend to be a person, I like structure, but I don't like routine right? And uh, as well. And so the fact of the matter is, is I think we've re, you know, uh, reinvented the organization three times in the two weeks I've been here. <laughs> so, <laughs> this may be an overstatement, but not, not, but not completely false either. Uh, so yeah, so I, I, I love change. I thrive on change as well. And uh, and so you got onto a rocket ship. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So kind of being on the, the, the front end and uh, watching where things go and, uh, you know, collaborating and, and, mm. and dreaming and all that sort of stuff. Well, Ron, I think this, this brings up an interesting question for me, because I know one of the things that happens to parishes that are in our network or association, parishes we coach or that we, we connect with, is they often end up growing, uh, you know, and, and when they right. grow, they have to bring new people on team. Yeah. And so... Uh, Seriously, you've, you've just got, Rob is now part of your coaching team. What are some of the ways that, that you look at forming? What are some of the things that you would do to help form that team now that you're, 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 you've got a, a changing mix? What does that look like for you? Yeah, well, talk about reinventing the organization every so often. Like, it really is a new, I'm constantly being stretched in this role as a leader to resource other people. And drawing new, drawing new coaches in is is consistent with what we've always done at St. Benedict Parish. We're always looking for people of capacity, people who have the gift to, to bless others, uh, to draw them in, to first identify them, mm. uh, then draw them in or recruit them, uh, equip them, uh, give them a role where they can succeed and then support them. And those same principles apply to the Divine Renovation Network. And so oftentimes it's through coaching churches that I recognize people who have those gifts to to draw out learnings in others and, and help them to succeed. What's really fun about Rob, like years ago when we hired Rob at St. Benedict Parish, both Father James and I knew that we wanted him. <laughs> and 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 so as Rob kind of jokingly said, I wasn't really good at the title they gave me, but and we knew that, but we wanted him on because we knew his influence on us and the church would be awesome, and it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Rob and I came on at the same time in terms of full-time ministry, and, uh, and we were peers. Like, you know, he had the operation side. You know, Rob used to joke, I never heard it said better when he said, if it has a heartbeat, Ron takes care of it. If it doesn't, I take care of it. And together we collaborated with Kate and Father James on the leadership team. And I remember one of the things, funny stories that we like to tell is when, when we were trying to figure out office space, because that was hard, because we, we were starting to have more employees than we did have offices. And, and so Rob and I decided to take the two worst offices in the building because we wanted to lead from the bottom up. And, and so I took a triangle office with no doors or ventilation, and he took the storage room. And at St. Benedict, all the doors are labeled. And so mine was the 
Reverend Lieberman room, and his was the storage closet, and so we call ourselves uh, Storage and Lieberman. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so we have some history, but you know, Rob, I got to say, I'm really excited about this because I do believe in your role at, uh, at Divine Renovation, you're going to be stepping into something that's going to unleash all kinds of creativity in you, that's going to bless us as an organization, the people in the network, and the people in the association as well. Rob is an incredible mind for, he's named half the things at St. Benedict. Every time we're thinking about something, he's so good at branding it. In fact, the Alpha book that Father yep. James and I wrote, he came up with the title the other day. <laughs> he just has this incredible capacity to get to the heart of things and name it. Um, and that, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited. We're going to have so much fun. But we're always looking for people of capacity. And I've always hoped to get Rob on. And I'm excited, to be honest with you, too, how our friendship's going to grow. I know he makes me a better person uh, when we work together at St. Benedict. I think it's going to be times three as we work together at Divine Renovation. And so I'm so excited to have him on board and to see where he takes us. Very wise person uh, with amazing insights that helps us think differently. So going to be fun. Wow. That's, yeah. um, that's a lot of praise, Rob. Well, thank you. And, and I would say in turn, obviously, uh, Ron has uh, driven me in new ways and challenges me as well, you know, because I tend to think strategically. And sometimes I can, that, that strategic thinking can hold me back from actioning. And, uh, and so Ron's always been a driver to me and pushed me in new areas and, and new ways. And so, yeah, so it's going to, I'm anticipating a mutually beneficial relationship. Uh, it's going to be a lot of times of challenge for sure with each other around some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 anticipating great days ahead. That where yeah, uh, one one of the things that I remember, I think Father James was the one that said that in senior leadership teams. So often, whenever a new idea was presented, nobody ever kind of got their way. But when it, we walked out of the room, we felt that we'd made the best decision for the organization. And I feel, you know, the, the, if we can create an environment of collaboration, we're going to see the same thing here as well. Mm. Amen. One of the fun, fun, interesting things I see in our, our, our team of coaches is you guys are all fairly different. And, you know, I think one of our learnings might have been that, you know, different people respond to different types of coaches and, uh, better. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's absolutely true that, Ron, you're a certain type of coach. And, Rob, you are a very different type of coach. True. And you're both having tremendous impact on the parishes that you, you coach. Mm-hmm. Why don't you speak a little, uh, a little bit to how, that, how we've seen that work over the last year or two? Well, I love that very theory because what we're not trying to do is make everybody the same. I remember years ago I worked in the pharmaceutical industry as a national sales trainer. And the tendency can be to find something that works and make everybody do the same thing. I've never subscribed to that. I believe everybody's unique and has different gifts and talents. And my goal as a coach has always been to help understand what that is, help people see what that is and draw it out in them and set it up for, set them up for success. And it's the same in coaching. In fact, just the other day, I was reviewing some of the, the coaching videos we've made and watched some of the different coaches coach And it was so fascinating to watch where their effectiveness lies. And it was so fun to go back and speak into it because they are all different. But I need them to be intentional about who they are, how they're hardwired, and where they bring value. And I would say the same is true with staffs. Like your your parish staff, are you looking for people's excellence? Are you looking for the areas where they shine? Are you making them aware of it? And are you drawing it out of them so they can even have bigger impact? It's one of the things I love about Clifton Strength Finders and the whole thing behind it is to build people, like understand your strengths and double down on those. Don't try to fix your weaknesses, the things you're terrible at, like limp along in those areas, but really spend your energy in the areas you're great. And so with our coaches, 
they are all different. They come from different parts of the world, for that mm-hmm. matter. Different cultures, different contexts, different parishes, and they have different skill sets. And my role, my job, is to help see where their excellence is, see where they shine, and help them be intentional about it so that they can give it away and bring out the best in others. It's a ton of fun, but it's a lot of work. Right. Mm. Uh, one of the things I, I've, you know, for those who, who might be listening, it's interesting to see how, uh, you know, some people connect with certain types of coaches. So, yes. so, so, you know, and not only that, I suspect people connect with certain types of leadership. Uh, and, and so, it, you know, the, the way we respond to those who are trying to speak into our lives, uh, it, it, we have to, we have to be careful about the way we structure our message because we have to lead or coach in a, in a given way with each individual that we're coaching with. And in our case at Divine Renovation, we also, we try our best at least to be uh, intentional about aligning a, a pastor, a priest uh, with a coach that's going to be a good fit for them, mm. which might not be exactly who they think ought to be a good fit for them. That's true. But it's, it's something I think that that's one of our, our learning edges is trying to align our coaches with the pastors and priests that apply into the network. Well, that's why too, Dan, even in our application process and what, you know, that's why we, we look for and we anticipate robust applications so that we can read into what people are saying. We can often hear their hearts. And then one of our staff follows up with a telephone call and asks a series of questions because we're trying to get to that. We're trying to create a win-win situation. Yeah. And and to be fair, like I, I joke and say I've been fired twice. Like two of the people that have signed up in the DRN who I've coached, I wasn't a good fit for. I do have a particular style and and mm-hmm. some people love it. And, uh, and some people are like, yeah, I can, we can both feel it's not working. And, and therefore, we're able to transition them over into one of our Other folks. Coaches. And they're thriving in that place. And I'm so happy. I don't take it personal. I, mean, it's, it, I am who I am, and I try to bring the best value I can. But sometimes we're not going to connect. And coaching is about connecting. Um, it's about building trust and connecting so that you have... Uh, you really value each other's style and approach, and you can bring the best out in each other. Because to be honest with you, Dan, we learn as much as they do when we're coaching. Do you find that, Rob? Like you're learning from oh, the yeah, people? For sure. Yeah. 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 Well, you're, you're seeing so many different contexts, right? And you're going to have to think, okay, how does this, you're trying to help them, you know, innovate or problem solve or whatever it is in their context. And, you know, it's totally different reality. It's a different culture, different, you know, some, sometimes different country. Uh, probably most of the time a different country yeah. for us. Yeah, that's true. Come on, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it forces you to think in new ways. It forces you to think, okay, if I was in that situation, I haven't faced that personally, and so uh, what's that dynamic look like? Or, you know, for me, it's even sometimes drawing on my past because I have a pretty varied history as far as different ministry contexts, as rural city, staff, lead, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so you're just, you're, your mental Rolodex is kind of going sometimes uh, <laughs> through some of that uh, through some of those processes to try and help people think through those things. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so if you were to say, like, if we were to say, what kind of coach is Ron? What kind of coach is Rob? What would you say? Oh my goodness! Uh, are you asking me? Sure. And let's let's all speak into that. Okay. Well, this is an example. Yeah. Well, I think Ron, my experience of you is that you you're so good at, at focusing on the individual and where they are emotionally and, and where they are, um, their level of, of personal health. Uh, and I, I don't mean that necessarily physically, though it would incorporate, it would include physical, I would suspect, but you, you focus so intently on that and their relational health with those who are around them. I think that mm-hmm. that's where I see so many of your strengths. And what Rob, I find you to be, uh, you're like a, um, 
the Library of Alexandria when it comes to how to run a parish. I mean, you're, you're, you're unreal in terms of your, your understanding of uh, approaches that have been applied in different contexts, what's worked, what hasn't. And like you come at it, I, I, it would be unfair to say just cerebrally because that's not the truth, but the, 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 you have such amazing giftedness in that space that uh, it just stands out as such a, a clear marker of, of what you're able to, to, the value you bring into any coaching conversation, which is why I feel spoiled because I get to talk to both of you all the time. <laughs> so so I, I get to benefit both from the Library of Alexandria and the guy who wants to make sure I got friends there. And so. what's cool, you're right, because Rob has three of his strength themes in strategic thinking. He's an amazing thinker, mm-hmm. and he's able to process from his, all of his wealth of experience all of the stuff he, he's reading and learning all the time is a ferocious appetite for learning and staying current and then being able to apply it to a person's situation, which is wonderful. And if Dan was coaching in the network, which I know he doesn't have time for, <laughs> but he, he's an amazing capacity to come up with new ideas, to take whatever you're thinking yep. about and blow it oh, up. Yeah. Uh, and it's really, you make me better that way by always challenging me to think bigger and think into the future, which I really enjoy. I find them compelling uh, you're always pulling me into what's next. Uh, so it's interesting. And that's just an example of three different personalities with three different uh, angles at life that can help people. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. I, 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 and I love that, uh, you know, most teams will have some some complementary some complementarity in the same way. Yeah. And so understanding that, I think, is key to actually being able to bring that team to excellence. If, if, uh, yeah. uh, if you don't understand what, what assets you've got at the table, then I don't think you can be the kind of organization you want to be. Uh, let me ask you a question, Ron, because you took uh, a hiatus of, of sorts in the summer. Now, I say hiatus knowing full well that a lot of that was actually work travel. <laughs> so, so I don't want it to be like, oh, Ron took a bunch of weeks off for vacation. That's not... A, a, I did more, have some vacation. He did have vacation, and you also were able to do a bunch of travel uh, for, for the ministry. Um, but now you're back, mm. uh, and I want you to speak to what is it like to be back? I mean, you, you, some of that, you took a pause with uh, coaching with a lot of your parishes, if not all. All of them, yeah. Yeah, so what's it, what's it like to be back in the, uh, the it's coast? It's like coming home. <laughs> it's like putting on my most favorite pair of slippers again. This week is my first week back, and talking to those guys again, I was so excited to see them again and hear what they've done uh, and to connect them, because you really, I don't know, I just grow so close to the people in the network and I really, really care about them a ton. And so not talking to them regularly for six weeks while I was also working on a lot of things behind the, behind the scene in our ministry, which really worked out well. But, oh my goodness, it's so good to be back. I had so much fun yesterday connecting with our parishes again. I really care deeply about every one of those people and their success. And I just, I just... They're in my thoughts and heart all the time. So to be able to connect again on a regular basis, mm-hmm. it actually means a ton to me. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. So um, I, I wanted to, to, to quickly jump into uh, what we're going to be doing next. We're going to be inviting Father Pat Cosgrove onto, uh, onto the podcast. And before we, we, we invite him in, I want to talk about him. And this is, we don't usually do this when we have a guest yeah. come in. But because of the nature of this guest, I thought it would be important to speak about him before he comes on camera. Because we happen to be in... in, uh, in Chalice's building. Yes. Uh, so our new office, the new Divine Renovation office, is actually, it, it's in Chalice's building. We've got the top floor, which I think is the penthouse. Uh, so <laughs> he's, he's gifted us the, like, the top floor of Ch- <laughs> The New York skyline. Just picture that. We're yeah. at the very We're top. We're at the very top. Yeah. We're at the very top. <laughs> oh, we just Bedford, get to see the, the other side of Bedford. <laughs> 
not, the Sackville not, River. Not, not even the Bedford Basin. But the other side. <laughs> and the Golden Arches are visible if you look in the right window, though. I mean, it's uh, you, you, and I, I think you know what what Father Pat has built in in Chalice is is something that's actually so exciting, and so I'm excited to bring him on to talk about it. So why don't we come right back and have Father Pat join us? Father Pat, it is such a pleasure to have you on set here today. So welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. So look, Father Pat, you have, um, God has done something amazing through you. Uh, You know, you founded this thing called Chalice. Why don't you explain a little bit about what Chalice is? Chalice is a Catholic sponsorship charity. Okay. That works around the world. We have 15 uh, countries in which we work. We have hundreds of sites and sub-sites, and essentially we help the poor. That's what we wanted to do. Our mission statement is simple. We bring Christ to the poor and the poor to Christ. Ooh. And that's essential. That's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> it keeps Christ at the center of everything. Uh, and to me, it says everything. So. It begins with, if I can illustrate, remember the man in the scripture that was lowered down and in order to get healed? His friends brought him. Brought him. Same thing with Bartimaeus. Sort of, friends brought him. Uh, same with the blind man. His friends brought him to Jesus. And every time Jesus acts with compassion, what can I do for you? And so that's what Chalice wants to do in the first place. We want to bring the poor, those who are in need, to the body of Christ, to the church. And we fully expect, and in our experience, we have found that the response of the church is very Christ-like, mm-hmm. in compassion, mercy, love. And therefore, and with their donations, and through us, we bring their compassion, their mercy, their love to the poor. So we try to bring Christ to them. So first, the poor to Christ, and then Christ to the poor. That's, that's, that's beautiful, Father Pat. <coughs> and what I, what's amazing to me is the size of, that Chalice has become. Because Chalice hasn't been around for, for, for eons. I mean, how long ago did, did, was Chalice created? Back in 1992, an organization called CFCA, then changed its name since, Christian Foundation for Children and Aging, it was called, came into Canada, and they wanted to expand here. And they did, and at that point, I was asked to come on to the board. Very quickly after I joined the board, they left Canada. There was reasons, tax purposes, and so forth, they explained to us that they had to leave. By that time, I had the bug. Mm. And I, and, <laughs> That's a good way to say yeah. it. So I wanted to, to continue, and they graciously said, you can have the computer. That's <laughs> 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 true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we said thank you, and, <laughs> and off we went. <laughs> 
And do you still have that computer today? <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should have it framed. The computer. Yeah, that should be like at your front door as people come in. Exactly. Oh the beginning gosh. of challenge. <laughs> and you were making fun of us being in my basement. Like, <laughs> this is humble Upon beginnings. this computer, I will build challenge. <laughs> I, I, I related to that because um, we were in the basement of the rectory. Right. And the first person that worked for us when when I hired for free, she volunteered, I love that, mm. uh, was Jackie Mahoney. Yes. And she tells the she tells us that I put her in the furnace room. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for a good story. <laughs> it, it was great. Actually, it's like, like the broom closet. <laughs> it was a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, it wasn't really. Actually, she got moved into the furnish room when we grew. <laughs> that, that was an upgrade. So the furnish room was a promotion. <laughs> yes, exactly. So if you're looking to hire, I don't think this uh, podcast is going to help at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's how we began. And, and when they left, what we did was we sent out a letter to the different re- religious orders. And, and this great, we had a couple of Responses and one was from a missionary of Africa, and we started with a school, and we still um, we're still there. Some what's that? Uh, over 25, 26, 27 years ago. Wow. So, so Chalice is, yeah. is is impacting uh, children and families, literally in countries around the world. Absolutely, in a wonderful way, really wow. tremendous way. Not too long ago, we implemented a new way of of doing our work. We call it direct family funding. It took us 10 years to get there. Mm. And that has a wonderful story. Some other time I'll tell it. But the essential part of it is that we gather with small groups of of mothers, mostly, um, some fathers, and we work directly with them. And they tell us what they need, what, they, what, they, what their plans are. Every group has a plan for their, for their group and for their lives. And we help them. And we've developed a relationship so that we know their name, we know the kid's name, and we say that all the time. We know their name. Mm. Again, like Christ knows us mm. by name. And That's what great. you're saying earlier with working with the parishes, mm. you have to know the people you're working with and you coach. That's what we do. That's direct family funding. We go in and we have all the time. We have regular meetings with, with, uh, with our people that, that work for us. They go into the small groups and they coach to what they want to achieve, to their goals. And we started that because traditionally what we started off with was we'll buy you stuff. You need uh, shoes? Okay, we'll buy them for you. We need, we'll come in and we'll almost assess what you need and we'll buy it in bulk so we can get it cheap. And you'll say thank you. Right. Mm. And so we, we used to get it. I used to travel around and I used to be thanked. Oh, up here, you know, oh, thank you. You're doing some. And, and you, ugh, you get sick of that <laughs> because you really don't want it. Right. What yeah. you really want to do is, is say, you know, you help us achieve what we wanted. So I don't have to thank you at all because we achieved it. Can you give me a story around that, an example? Well, it depends. Well, at the beginning, example of what? I don't know. A, a person, like somebody who's been impacted by this, uh, by this 
shift in 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 focus and instead of just buying people's shoes working with them in groups like I used to go to Africa all the time, and like I said, we got a lot of thanks. And, and they were very grateful. Mm. And it was always wonderful. But there was never, I never had a sense of you're enabling them. So I never got a sense of hope. Thank you. We're still in the same, same position as we were yesterday. It's almost like what you do when you go downtown and you give the dollar to the person on the street. They say thank you, and, you're, and if they're thankful, you go, wow, isn't that nice? Mm. But they're still there the next day, mm. and they expect to be there the next day. They they expect, know, you they expect, expect to see them, and they expect to be there. You have the same expectations. Nothing's going to change. You're just helping them very well. You're helping them today, and they'll live day by day. That's great. We started doing an uh, uh, DFF direct family funding. We started gathering them in groups and we started talking to them about their tomorrow. And how do you get that? And what do you want? And when I went back, this same group of people, well, I shouldn't say they're the exact same, but the same site, instead of hearing a lot of thank yous, hardly heard any. What I did hear was, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. And people would get up. I remember a man who says, well, I'm going to create a business. I'm going to start. He had a stove, an oven, and he was making bread and all this stuff. Well, it was funny because by the time he explained where he was going to go, I thought, you ain't going to get there. <laughs> that's way too big. We don't, you know, that's way. But it was wonderful. And he was shooting for the stars. And to tell you the truth, I don't think he believed it. But it was so much hopeful <laughs> that if he got to the moon, he would right. have been happy. Way further ahead. And the attitude change. And I don't know, maybe it was always there. We just didn't plug into it. Well, now the, we do. One of the things, that, as you're saying that, that I'm hearing is you used to take a look at what they need. Now what you're doing is going in there and asking them what they want. And Even more, what you're capable of. Mm. You know, right. where are you going to... Helping so, them dream again. Ex- and that's the key. Mm. We want to create an atmosphere where you can see a future, where you can have a tomorrow. And what's that called? Hope. Hope. That's, that's the gift of hope. Mm. Now I can have a tomorrow. And if you can achieve that, I think that's the greatest. And that's why I like saying... I don't like saying we do this or we build that or we right. de- That's not the impact we're looking for. As a matter of fact, we're changing our whole process now. We're in the midst of it, of how do we evaluate? And so many times you kind of evaluate by inputs. Well, we gave out this much and we gave that and we built this and we did that. You know, we built so many houses and we had so many uh, wells and, and people love that. Yes, those are, but those are all inputs. And you're saying, well, what do you want to achieve with those inputs? What do you want yeah. from the people? And that's what we're trying to say. Are you, are you where you want to be now? Because when I used to go in, and I, don't, I say I used to because I don't travel anymore as much. I have a lot of, I put a lot more effort into the parish now. I'm sure they, they might be happy about that. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. 
and I stay around. I've always, that's a tension for yeah. me, you know? Um, so I, when I go in to parishes, the, 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 kill, the killing thing for me was in the, in the eyes in the, of the women. And I'd feel they'd break your heart. You know, they were mothers. When you traveled, you when mean? When I traveled, okay. yeah. I remember in Haiti, a site, and we had a clinic there. We sponsored a clinic, and women would come for miles, literally miles and miles over mountains, and come to this clinic. And some of them, their, their babies, they, they were so hungry themselves, they couldn't lactate, they couldn't feed mm. their babies. And it broke my heart. I remember holding a, a child in, in, in Africa. It was a different context, but I can remember holding the baby that was dying from malnutrition. And, you know, it was, it was a six-month-old baby, but it was about the size of, of a... It was just tiny, tiny, and you still had to hold up its head. Mm. That's bad. But what was worse was the look on their mother. That's, see, it wasn't the exterior thing, and that's what everybody says and talks about, but it's more what's going on inside of the person that's having to deal with this. What does the mother feel mm. when she looks at, and that's what I could see, you know, like, it's almost like I'm failing my own child mm. whom I want, who I want, who I want to love. And that killed me. That's, so that's the interior change that we're looking for. Can you now have hope? Mm. You see? These circumstances are all outside. Hope is how you're dealing with what you're... Wow. And, and I'm not so sure, too. I think about it from, a, from a people that are partnering financially with what you do. Like, to me, that's, that's an even more exciting thing to partner with. You know, when you guys are defining what success looks like differently... And then being able to share stories of, of this gentleman who wants to start a business and is going to start a business, how successful it is, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, so that he, you know, the moms and dads are able to then begin to provide and do things differently versus I get enough food for today. I have hope for tomorrow. Yeah. That's worth investing in. Like, I think that's exciting. <laughs> that's awesome. We hope so. We have yeah. to change our story. Right. And, and, and we're doing that. But and I think about that relative to coaching. Like, think of what, what Divine Renovation does. There's nothing you haven't just said that isn't directly applicable to the local parish. Nothing. I, I was just talking to somebody. I was at the gym yesterday. Uh, and uh, I'm just starting back at the gym. That is a very painful process. I just, I just to, <laughs> very humbling. Uh, but anyway... Um, God, he's, you and me. Is he's that French. Jimmy no, no, no. Actually, it's oh, working out now. You yeah. mean the actual workout? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Have any parish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It had just as much praying. In this case, <laughs> yeah, I was praying a lot more. Actually, <laughs> dear God, help me. Uh, but what's interesting is there's a. I met a fellow there, and uh, he's going to be doing Alpha because uh, Bill Scollard, who works at Saint Benedict, invited him. I thought that was cool. Um, but he was talking about his because he's part of the French community uh, in Dartmouth. And he was saying how everybody, like most of the parents mm-hmm. just drop their kids off for, for Sunday school and leave. And I, I look at that and I think, well, why? Because they've already tried church and it hasn't made a difference in their life. And so they don't expect it to make a difference in their life. Because a lot of people's experience hasn't made a difference. 
and and they know it, we know it, priests know it, and we're 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 in this helpless state. We we're in the, our culture as a church is dying. It's 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 rotting, and it's not helpful. And 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 you know what's so cool about the book Divine Renovation is that it's giving people hope again. And one of the things that I noticed in my first year of coaching, I remember the first six months, I thought to myself, is this even making a difference? And so I, I evaluated each individual parish, and I asked them some questions. What are the three things that being coached in the network has made a difference in your parish so far? And what are the three things, ways it's made a difference in you so far? And the one thing that was consistent across every single church and every single person was our church there's a spirit of hope rising that we've never seen before. Wow. And so, again, not unlike what you're doing, because if all you're doing is going through the sacraments, like we're starting to realize it's not Those enough. Those are inputs almost, Those are, yeah, that's somewhere. right. You yeah, know, we fed so doing, many people, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, we baptized exactly. so many people. We buried so many people. We married so many people. Well, it's like, well, great. But are you transforming their lives? Jesus is in the tra- life transformation business. I love your vision statement or your mission statement. Like, mm-hmm. we bring the poor to Jesus and Jesus to the poor. Like, if it's not about Jesus, what are we doing? Mm. <laughs> what are we doing as the church? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what I love, too, but what you said is the, the idea of hope, and, 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 and we're thinking of the people who are in need having hope, but so often those of us that are well off financially, you know, here in North America, we'll see stuff that happens all over the world. And, you know, a few people will quit their job and move there or, or whatever the case is. But for the most part, the majority of us feel helpless. And what organizations like you do is you give us the opportunity to not just sit home and watch our 24 hours news channel and feel depressed. Uh, but to You too, eh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, but, but you, give, you, you give the average person an outlet to partner with you and make a difference. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, people, pe- people who are in need, uh, pe- people, people who are under-resourced have a need. Those of us who are over-resourced have a need. We have a need to give. We have a need to, uh, you know, and that, that's an outlet uh, for us that we need to just continue to recognize. And so what you're doing is really serving both sides, not just that's one side. I think, that's, I think that is exactly true. I really hope that I'd hope that every one of our sponsors would feel that too, because that's my own personal experience. I asked the bishop when I was newly ordained to go into the missions, and he kind of said, "Well, maybe when you're 40." I think that was a no. (laughs) (laughs) Delayed. Delayed. You're needed in the parish, but at 40, that's when all of this began. When I turned 40. And so ever since then, I've always felt I cannot get to the missions. I can't do it. And perhaps I think the bishop was wise because I don't think I would have been much good at it anyway. But I really feel that this was given to me so that I can, in fact, be there and do what I am best at doing, what I am capable of doing here at home within the context of who I am. So I'm helping as a parish priest and can't become a missionary. The bishop still hasn't said no. Or still hasn't said yes. <laughs> totally said yes. You know, when you're 70. Yeah. When I'm <laughs> you're 70. Change the date. Yeah. Change it. It's still not a no. Yeah, exactly. And that's true, though. Yeah. You can't go. You're, you have a family here. You have a life here. You can't go. But you still 
missionaries at heart who have a compassion want to make a difference mm. and Amen. in fact want to bring Christ into the world yeah. and that's again go back he wants to bring Christ to the poor there's lots of different poverties yes. spiritual poverties of course mm. and physical ones and hopefully those you don't divide those and but because you can't then you have to sit back and say well does that mean I can't do anything yeah. and that's what I'm hoping saying yes you can yeah. And I want you to help me because I'm in the same boat as you. Mm. I can't go there either. And Pat, you know, you started with Jackie. Yes. So the computer. <laughs> Wonderful woman. And Jackie. How many employees are, are with Chalice now? And it, no, you don't need an exact number, but <laughs> ballpark. <laughs> More than Jackie, I'm guessing. Yeah, we've increased. We've, <laughs> we have. Um, and it depends on whether you mean in Canada or around, or because we have... Oh. We have I, well, directly, I suppose there's about 75, maybe. That's awesome. And then indirectly through our sites, then you're talking about hundreds. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So how did, like, again, a computer <laughs> yeah. and a furnace room <laughs> and a volunteer staff. In Spring Hill. In Spring Hill, Nova Scotia, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's very small. Very um, poor. Yeah, and does any you know does anything good come from Nazareth? Right, is anything right? Yeah. This small little town, like how did you recruit people to a cause? Because you know you you partnered with donors, you partnered with sites, you partnered with people to invite them to work with you both as volunteers and as staff. Because I know I'm pretty sure you still have both. But what does that look like? One at a time. I was going to say simply. Mm. That's how it grows or how it grew in the parish. People that once they find out what you're doing and uh, there's people that had that natural, oh, I like what you're doing. I want to be there and then come forward and, and then you start them off. It's what can you do? And you try to match talent and gifts with the task. Awesome. And, and we started... Jackie was, she was our organist, but she was a, a wizard at numbers and she was a, in detail. And then we needed somebody uh, that had personality and, and, and so big phone calls into the, uh, into the parishes and to also, uh, so we got Claire and we got somebody that wanted to, that we needed some French and so these, but the, in the end, I hate to say it, but I think God has brought us a great treasure trove. And, and ultimately, I think it's a spiritual journey. For our, for yesterday, we had somebody, I was speaking to somebody, and they said, I want to know what my vocation is. And I'm really hoping that, okay, how do I, how does chalice become something as it is for me? It's a vocation. It's a calling to, to, to us because essentially we have to bring Christ to the poor and poor Christ. So I don't know if that answered your question, but I look for... I, people are sent to us. I really believe that. We make, a, we make our need known and people who love what we do come forward. Mm. Not always are they the person you need. Mm. Then you have to kind of... And we've done that. We've done that several times. We have shifted people. 
And I like doing that. Matter of fact, that just happened to one of our employees just a couple of months ago. She was here. She applied for here. She did a, she did a good job, but she wasn't happy. She was just kind of going along. And then we shifted her over here, and now she's calling. She calls. She answers the phone for us, for our, for our sponsor. She can't be beat. She's the first one on the phone. <laughs> the other people on the t- says you can't get there faster than she does. Yeah. She loves it. And all of a sudden, she feels like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Hmm. Jim Collins talks about not, it's not about just having the right people on the bus, but the right people in the right seats on the bus. And uh, Rob, I know you guys at St. Benedict, you know, recently, I think about the finance position and, uh, and how Chris moved into a different role and just how that's really, he's just, just reaching a whole new level of impact. And it seems like even peace and joy in his role and, you know, more clarity, a good fit. Yeah. Fit. It's probably the most important thing of all. Fit mm-hmm. is so critical. I'd say, too, your bug. Like when you said you got the bug and they graciously yeah. let you continue with their computer and, and see what you could do with it. <laughs> um, but that bug is infectious. And your passion for the poor is what is a big part of why people come alongside of that. Because I think about Father James and how he's built, how he built into St. Benedict. It was one person Absolutely. at a time. And, you know, to the point, like, we got Rob on, put him in a job he was terrible at uh, because we knew Rob was great and we wanted him around. <laughs> the poor guy had, <laughs> had to, you know, he's in that role. But we shifted because we knew that he would bring incredible value to us as leaders and to our entire organization. But you think about bringing Kate on and, and all the other people is one at a time. And eventually, but what's it based around? His passion for what a church can be. Your passion for how we can mobilize the evangelize to, to bless the poor. Um, you know, passion matters. I used to listen to you, and you used to say, say a lot, you have to reiterate the vision over and over and over again because people lost it or people... But it's also that attractiveness to it. If you don't reiterate your vision, who you are and what you're doing, then people that are new hasn't, hasn't heard it. So you have to keep repeating it if it's going to be heard over and over again. And you have a little bit of passion, I've noticed myself. <laughs> we thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> I, think, I, didn't I think the rest it. of us would have missed that. So, <laughs> so Father Pat, I, one of the things you said really resonated with me. You said missionary people want to have impact. And I think from our experience, missional parishes want to have Amen. impact. And I, I think one of the key aspects and what, what divine renovation is focused is on is, is trying to make parishes missional, embrace their mission. Because as soon as they do that, you can't hold them back. <laughs> you can't hold someone who's, who's fallen in love with Jesus. You cannot hold them back from wanting to give, wanting to support the poor. Now, before we started this podcast, you, you, you said very clearly to me, Dan, I don't want this to be an ad for chalice. I am going to break, uh, break that rule and say, look, I think it's too important not to tell people how they can support, how they can get involved. So if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a parish priest, a pastor, and I want to I be more involved with Chalice, I want to connect with Chalice, what are some of the ways I can go about doing that? You can, the best thing to do is we'd love to have a conversation with you and we would like to be invited to your parish. And it's just to tell your parishioners about us what, we, what we're doing. We're also starting a new program that can be brought into Catholic schools as well. Oh, cool. And right. so we're, we've just developed that last year, and we're still developing that. So that's, that's very good. 
And we've just opened an office through in the United States, in uh, Chicago. I hear you going We're there. We're going there soon. 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 Yeah. And we've just opened through a, a father, Rich Lobianco. And uh, he's going to be our national director there. And so, again, if anybody would like to hear about Chalice and, and participate in that, please call us, 1-800-776-6855. Beautiful. Perfect. And if I'm, if I'm, not, if I'm a, uh, an individual, if I'm a, a lay leader or a, a, pas- a, a parishioner somewhere, or, or someone just happened upon this podcast, and I'm hearing you talk today, and I'm like, I want to help sponsor a kid, or I want to contribute or partner with you financially, how do I go about doing that? Go to our website, chalice.ca. Just chalice, you put us on, sponsor a child, we're the first one that, come, that comes up. Brilliant. And so uh, one of the the, the amazing things about Chalice is that um, you guys get recognized uh, by Money Sense Magazine and others because you you are are so prudent with your finances. You make those those lists, those top 10 lists of... of, The top of the list. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, so God bless you and all the work you're doing. So I I just, for for pastors, for parish priests who are listening, I think this is one of those ways, if if your parish has become missional, uh, don't don't fail to give your parishioners the opportunity to be involved in this kind of work. Uh, for all things Divine Renovation, you can check out our website at divinerenovation.net. If you haven't downloaded our app, do so. It's in your, in your app stores. And let me challenge you one, for, for to, if you haven't yet done it, if you haven't gone to our website or gone to our app and clicked to commit, if you haven't hit that button to commit yourself to mission, I encourage you to do that. I see that we get emails. I get the emails every day. Everyone who clicks to commit, I get to see them. They come in and I look every day. I see <laughs> what what country these people are from. And, and it, it's we get people who are Catholic. We get people who are non-Catholic. Uh, we're just challenging you to commit yourself to mission. And so if you're feeling that call, just take that small step to, to click the button to commit. And otherwise, we'll see you next week at this uh, this very same studio. For those of you watching, it might look different next week as the guys <laughs> begin to assemble it in new, fun ways. But we're so grateful to be back, and, and thank you for being part of today. <laughs>